This is KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. Welcome to the Herbology Show. Today is a very, very special day indeed because I am sitting with one of these people who I have long admired, Lebanese director Nadine Lavaki. Nadine, welcome to San Francisco and welcome to Herbology. Thank you. Nadine, uh, you are here to uh, promote the success of your latest film, Kafir Nahum. Kifim Nulfuza bil Inglise? Bil Inglise, Kapurna. Capernaum. Capernaum. Oh, en français, c'est... Capernaum. Capernaum. Oh, uh, the first question I want to ask you, Nadine, is did you expect the film to uh, reach so many audiences and to receive such critical acclaim? Of course not. In the beginning, you know, it started as a small homemade film, small adventure uh, that was coming from the heart, and, and I needed to express something that was becoming a sort of an obsession for, mm. for the past, you know, five, six years of my life you start working on it and you don't know actually where it will lead especially that we produced the film and uh, my husband was the main producer and it was a very very difficult adventure because uh, we started with no money and the money started coming uh, slowly and and you do it with like like with like a small family and it was not intended to be a very big film it was still for me it's small home it's still a homemade film so for it to be so successful and so huge for it to go to Cannes and have such, such so much uh, amazing reviews and amazing connection with the people and being sold, you know, in all these countries around the world. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fairy tale in a way. You don't know. You start working. You work with all your heart. You put everything in it. And I think it pays off in a way when you're really doing it with everything you have. And that didn't correct me if I'm wrong, but I think part of producing this yourself also gave you the freedom perhaps to be able to shoot at your own pace exactly. to get to know the kids that you were working with exactly. and I think you know that was deliberate on your part you deliberately wanted to work along with uh, Khaled who's the producer yes. as well as your husband yes. how difficult was it to shoot some of these scenes I have to tell you I saw the film yesterday for the first time and I just was wondering how you were able to get into these alleys and capture these scenes the method was very organic like you said we decided that we were going to produce it ourselves because we knew what the film needed and we knew that we were going to shoot for a long time and we needed to have the freedom to really do whatever we wanted and sometimes really be ready for the unexpected and be ready to just go with the flow of whatever life was going to give us also during that whole process. It was from the start, we knew it was not going to be a very structured method of working and we were going to create some kind of a organized chaos that was going to allow me really to capture the reality and to capture the reality of those characters and their real struggle uh, and really be able to shoot in real circumstances in real natural locations with everything that comes with it you cannot be shooting in in a neighborhood and in Naba and expect people to stop talking or children to stop crying or people to stop crossing or or expect to shoot in to al ahad and and expect people not to talk we had to just dive into that chaos and a way become part of it and know how to work with it and know how to just navigate in this chaos 
and we were navigating. We navigated, I think, so well that at some point people didn't even feel that we even were there. Wow. We just became invisible. And it's fascinating to see, you know, sometimes in those scenes in Su'al Ahad, let's say, where you have these scenes with Aspro uh, talking to Zayn or talking to Rahil, and there's a real conversation, and there's two cameras there, and there's a whole crew. But people would come and enter the frame and ask Aspro for something to buy and negotiate with him <laughs> and buy stuff from him as if we didn't exist, wow. as if we were not there. And unfortunately, I couldn't keep everything, right. but I wish I, I, because it's fascinating to see how people really forgot we were there. And I think it's the fact that we shot in such an organic way and at such a free way, not structured at all, not paralyzed in the traditional way of making films with the, you know, paralyzing camera movement, paralyzing lights, paralyzing, it was really free, just, just really us diving into this reality and being part of this chaos and knowing how to capture it. And it was a very thin line between the reality of that moment and how to navigate towards the fiction that was written because there's a written script and, mm -hmm. and it's a fictional story. It's not a documentary where you go shoot and then you see what to do with, with the material that we shot. You need to go from point A to point B in every scene. You need to deliver what the scene needs to say and needs to tell. You need to deliver the story of the whole script. So it was a very like choreography. Mm. It Is it true you dance. had over 500 hours yes. of uh, footage that hours. you had to reduce to two hours? Yes. That must have been quite yes. An ordeal it's an ordeal and it's very difficult and I still can't get over it until now and for me it still hurts to know there's so many precious moments mm -hmm. that are not <laughs> in the film and it's difficult to let go and say okay so the film is done and I'm turning the page now and moving on to something else so it's a whole Im immersion I think Nadine let's talk about Zayn yes. the child actor that you literally discovered in the streets of Lebanon. Can you tell our listeners, I mean, first of all, those who don't realize that this movie did not feature professional actors. All of them are actors from real life. They're actually living almost this, the same story. It's almost their life that they're bringing to this adventure, their own struggle, their own way of expressing themselves, their own physical appearance, everything. So it was, for me, very important because I didn't want to make belief. I didn't ask them to act. I just asked them to be who they are in those situations that we've created, of course. But it's really being who they are and not becoming someone else for the part. So it was also a very thin line between their own reality and the fiction that they had to also embrace and, and adapt to. But I, I think the fact that I'm working with non-professional actors or, or at least people who have the same struggle in their real life can have a much bigger impact on you as a viewer because you know that those people that you're watching on the big screen are actually struggling and having the same struggle in their real life. You come out of the movie theater leaving them there knowing that this is their life. It has a completely different, I think, impact on you. And, and cinema, I think, starts having a bigger mission yeah. when it tells real stories about real people. Yeah, but, and, and Zayn, how did he come into the picture? So Zayn, yes, Zayn is a Syrian refugee. He's been living in Lebanon for the past eight years. Obviously, I don't need to tell you the difficult situations that most of the Syrian refugees live in. So he was living in a very, very, very poor neighborhood in Lebanon. His, his life was very hard. 
The only difference from the film is he has loving parents, which mm. is amazing. But still, Zayn didn't go to school. So he used to spend all his days on the streets, obviously. And so he grew up on the streets. He was faced with the struggles, the hardship of the street, having to fight to survive, having to fight to prove that you exist, uh, being beaten up, listening to harsh words all day long, not being respected. So it's difficult. And we met him on the streets. It was near uh, the neighborhood where, where he was living in, in Mazra'a. And the casting director uh, saw him because we did like a street casting, a wild street casting. There was no auditions where people would come and audition. It was really a very wild uh, process. So they would go everywhere in Lebanon, roam the streets and, and, and interview children and the parents. And, and so Zayn was one of those children that uh, the casting director interviewed. And uh, as soon as I saw him, I mean, it was obvious he just stood out. Did he realize that this was going to be a film, that he was going to be playing himself yet in a somehow yes. fictional way? I mean, yes. How do you explain that to he, a child? He, he knew what we, he, we were doing. He felt that he was part of the mission. He understood that he was being the voice of those voiceless kids and he knew in a way he was collaborating mm. I was not it was not something that was imposed on him he knew he was representing those children in every single situation he would bring his own take on it and I would understand while we were working that he's been through similar situations because of how he would react and things he would say. He doesn't really say it if you ask him the question, but he says it in an indirect way. And you understand that he knows every single situation we, we, we worked on in the film. It's not something that was strange to him. Mm. That's why he was able to play it so well, because it's something he knows. It's not like... It's not like I'm telling him about how to feel when, it, when you're abused or it's respected. Or he knows it. You know, and he's and you it. must have been constantly surprised, taken aback by the spontaneity and somehow trying to work it in. Of course. At the risk of sounding too personal, Nadine, I mean, how much of an emotional toll must this movie have taken on you? It's a big emotional toll because when you live when you when you dive in this reality so deeply and you live with those people and they become part of your family you are living their struggle you are living in their houses you are sleeping almost in their on their couches you are you are sitting on on their their beds you're living with them because we shot in actual uh, locations uh, even you know the drawings on the walls are made by children who live in those mm -hmm. apartments who have been in similar situations so it's difficult then to just go back to your life and you know that you're leaving them there and you're going back, you're seeing your own children, you're hugging your children and you're sleeping with them in a warm bed. You're able to take a shower, you're able to, to eat when you're hungry, you're able to just have a normal life where those people are living literally in the gutter. It's a living hell. When I tell you living, it's even worse than we think. The film is nothing compared to what they go through, to what their life means. So you wonder, how do they do it? How do they survive? How do they wake up every day and just keep living? What gives them the strength to keep living in such 
harsh and hard conditions. And you hear stories of children that die every day from neglect. Children that die because the mother was not there and he fell off the balcony or he fell from the window or from the roof or he put his hand as an electrical cable or he held an electrical cable that was hanging there or that he was barefoot and it, and it rained and it happened that there was an electrical cable or, or that he put fire to the house. Every day on the shoot we heard stories like that. So you, it's impossible to go back and, and, and then to live Normally, you have this continuous guilt feeling that doesn't leave you. Nadine, you have two children, right? Yes. What are their ages? Nine and a half and two and a half. Uh, did they watch the film? Mm-hmm. And My just, son. I mean, I think it's important, I think, for people or for our kids of all ages. It's very important. To watch this film, but you must have had to sit with them and have a sort of heart-to-heart yes, heart talk. Didn't, it's I not an easy film It's to not watch. easy. I didn't have to sit with them because I think they were part of it from the start. You know, they are in the house. The ho- like I told you, the film is homemade. We, we live on the third floor. We took the first floor. The first floor became our production house. Wow. And so we keep going back and forth and the kids going going up and down. And, and they are living the conversations. They are living everything. The fact that was there the whole time when we were in preparation when he, you know my son is confronted to Zane and his life and he knows how fortunate his life is compared to Zane's life and all that it's like you don't have to really talk about it he he knows it he feels it he's part of it he's part of the process and he's been sacrificing a lot because also we my son I mean and my daughter they've sacrificed a lot because of the fact that we are also so much in, immersed in this adventure Together. that they are uh, div- divided mm. between this life and, and our life at home. And, and it's difficult for them too, but they understand it. I yeah. hope they're going to be proud of it one day. Yeah. I guess that could segue into my next question, which is, you know, uh, balancing your personal life, uh, your husband and kids. And I think a lot of women get asked this question, but I'd be amiss if I didn't. Mm-hmm. How difficult is it for you to balance your amazing filmmaking career <laughs> with your family? It's difficult. It's very, very difficult because there's no place for anything else. For me, this is it. My life is my work and my family. There's no time for me. There's no me time. There's no, there's no social time. There's no time for, to do anything else. I don't mind it. Th- these are the two most important things in my life. My children, my family, and my work. That's it. This is my bubble. This is what I do. But it's difficult. It's very difficult. But when there's a will, there's a way. You find ways. In, in our case, our way was to do a home made film so we are close to our, our kids and, and at the time where I was shooting the film my daughter was six months old seven months old so I was still breastfeeding her so wow. I was going back home every day from the shoot at lunchtime oh, wow. to feed her and go back so I found a way some people think it's how did you do it it's too hard but on the contrary it was my way of finding my peace in this and uh, instead of being frustrated and not being able to to, to do both, I just try to do both the only way I can, and this was my way. Yeah, 
Thank you. So, uh, Nadine, I wanted to talk a little bit about the location. Now, the film is supposedly set in an unnamed country, feels like an Arab country, yes, and in an unnamed city. Where. But I think those of us who come from Lebanon kind of could recognize the locations. Um, why did you not want to identify um, the, the location as being certain areas in Lebanon? Because I think the problem is a universal problem. You know, we're talking about those belts of misery that surround our lives and our systems and our cities are not only a Lebanese problem. We're talking about the same problem here, the same problem in Mexico or in Brazil or in India or in even any big city in the world, in Paris or here in the States. And those problems are the world's problems. It's not just specifically Lebanese. Of course, maybe in Lebanon, you'd see it more closely because Lebanon is a very small country and the, with the Syrian refugee crisis, problem is really out there and you see people really suffering, you know, every day with a whether through children or through children who are working or begging or through what's happening to their parents and the whole these whole communities because it's you live there it's like 30 seconds away from your houses or two minutes away by car from where you live so it's there that's why you see it maybe more closely but it's a problem that yeah. the whole world is facing well, if i may dare say so it's such a global issue with refugees exactly. going on especially in the states now we live in this time of anti-immigrant feeling and i think the film will touch audiences when it opens in december in yes. the states yeah. uh congratulations on being picked up by sony picture yes. classics amazing yeah. uh the uh the actual theatrical release in cinemas in the states will be december 14th and uh yeah without uh, leaving objectivity behind I urge everybody to see this film it is truly life uh, affirming انا راح اطلب منك نادين تحكي شوي بالعربي لمستمعينا العربي اللي بيسمعوا هالبودكاست من خلال جامعه ستانفورد وبيسمعونا بالوطن العربي فلو اطلب منك هيك بس تحيه نسمع هاللغه العربيه على برنامج امريكي بامريكا تفضلي بدي اقول لهم للمستمعين ما بعرف اذا صباح الخير ولا مساء الخير ولا حسب انت امتى رح تعرض الحلقه بس اللي بدي اقوله انه انا مبسوطه بوجودي هون اكيد وان شاء الله يروحوا يحضروا الفيلم ويكونوا كتار وكل ما شجعوا هن الفيلم خاصه الجاليه اللبنانيه والعربيه اللي موجوده هون كل ما راح تحضرت الفيلم كل ما شجعت الفيلم بالصلاه وكل ما هذا الشيء اكيد راح يساعد كثير الفيلم وهلا الفيلم مش هين بس بذات الوقت الفيلم كثير مؤثر وبفتكر انه كثير راح يتفاعلوا معه بطريقه ايجابيه وبش شكرك على هيدا الحديث الكتير لذيذ وحسيت حالي دغري بالبيت معك و... وانا اكيد انه تلاميذك مغرومين فيك يعني هيدا الشيء انا اكيد منه ميرسي كتير نادين ميرسي لك